Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host Sara Davison shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Joe Horton. Joe is a husband, father, podcast host, and business owner who believes meaning to be the center of everything that men do. He hosts the Guild of Dads podcast, which is a weekly interview show dedicating to equipping dads with all the tools, resources, and ideas needed to begin to craft a vision for their own lives. Each week, he interviews entrepreneurs, athletes, ex-servicemen, best-selling authors, including me, stuntmen, filmmakers, and BBC presenters, along with many other men and women at the top of their game. Now, I am super excited to welcome Joe Horton to the show. Welcome, Joe. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very pleased to be on here and speaking to you. Oh, yeah. Well, it's great for me to be interviewing you for a change because usually you're interviewing me. So welcome. Thanks for your time today. Will you just tell us a bit about who you are and what you do, Joe? I'm the host and founder of a, a movement, if you like, called Guild of Dads. And what I do is weekly I interview uh, different kind of visionary dads from across the world, uh, stretching as far east as Australia, as far west as Los Angeles. Um, and what I do is I speak to a number of different inspirational men on my podcast, which enable my listeners to really uh, think about their own lives and what they want to achieve in their own lives and what possibilities there are for them in their own lives. Um, but also I interview experts on a number of different areas which affect men. So mental health, physical health, relationships, contribution to the world, be that either their jobs, careers, or sort of social contribution, if you like. The idea is, is really just to equip men and dads with all the kind of dads with all the skills and tools and resources they need in order to live more fulfilling, more meaningful lives. And and so I do that via the podcast and also uh, my Facebook group and my uh, Brotherhood for Dads, which is called the Dad Circle. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because obviously a lot of my listeners are female. And you know, having been a big fan of John Gray, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus when it came out, that book, many, many years ago, yeah, I think it's really interesting to have a perspective from both sides and really to understand how we cope differently. I mean, that's generalizing, I guess, a bit. But you know, on the whole, men and women cope differently with things, don't they? So you know, for those people going through a breakup right now, do you think men and women cope differently with divorce and breakups? Yeah, I think they do. And I think the thing is, is that there is this kind of tendency at the moment, and I think this is in part of the kind of wider society, to kind of homogenise men and women together as responding and reacting to things exactly the same when men and women deal with stuff very, very differently. And you mentioned John Gray there. He has a very good thing that he explained to me when I spoke to him about this concept of uh, cave time. And what he says is that men, when they are going through something very difficult and very traumatic and very stressful, they need to be able to kind of withdraw from the situation and go and kind of make sense of it, whether it be through kind of journaling or 
meditation or doing a hobby or going to the gym or spending time with their friends. They need a way to kind of process it out in order to come back to the situation and see it more kind of logically. Uh, and I think that women deal with that situation in a slightly different way in that I think that women have got more of an infrastructure of friends around them, um, girlfriends that they'll talk to about stuff. And, you know, someone mentioned it to me recently, this kind of concept that, you know, if you're in a bar or if you're in a club, you know, those when we used to go clubbing and women will go into the uh, girls' toilets and they'll start chatting with another woman while they're doing the makeup and they'll be talking about what um, dress they're wearing, where did they get their dress from? And, and all of a sudden, the, there, there is a more sort of therapeutic value to the way women interact than what men do. It's a very, very different way of processing emotions and thoughts and what you're going through, definitely. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting, isn't it? And I think the challenge with that is that we misread each other. So women will look and say, well, why aren't they talking to me? Why isn't he opening up? And find it frustrating because we will assume that for different reasons, because it's not what we would do. If we were doing that, it would mean we didn't care, we didn't want to communicate, we were purposely being difficult potentially. So we are putting our own, what I call, map of the world onto them and vice versa. So the more that women say, well, talk to me, open up to me, come on, that that also, you know, is going to trigger maybe it's going to sound like nagging or it's going to cause things to escalate. Whereas if actually having that understanding of this is the natural process, this is how men on the whole will react to a stressful situation. And this is how women, how we react to it. So by understanding that, we become consciously aware of what's going on. So therefore, maybe we have the better tools for it, which is why I wanted to do this podcast with you, jokes. I think it really shines a light for us women on what's going on, as well as for my male listeners to really understand, you know, this is why these things are happening and you know that obviously gives you a bit more clarity which helps you move forward i think in these difficult times so what are the biggest challenges that you see for men going through tough times like a breakup i think that a lot of what what happens often occurs because of what we're kind of told so so for instance i think that a lot of men are told we just you know we briefly discussed this program on air that it's kind of all about happy wife happy life so what they are doing is effectively trying to do everything to make their wife, their wife or their partner happy. But the problem is, is that that comes at a cost of their own happiness. And then I think that there is also for, for for ladies, I think they may also have been told by their mums what they how they need to show up in the relationship. And you know that if their husband isn't doing what he should be doing, then he needs to be damn well told what he should be doing. And if he doesn't step up, then you need to crack the whip. And, you know, this is a very sort of stereotypical view, but I think that there is a legacy in our generation that we're, that we've got from kind of the baby boomer generation. And the problem is, is that that is a recipe for disaster in relationships because effectively what you've got is you've got the man or the husband kind of thinking, well, I need to invest all this stuff in the relationship in order to make it work. And I'm going to stop doing all the things that make me me. Conversely, the, the woman is doing the same, exactly the same thing. They're operating their 2021 uh, marriage based on what worked in the 1970s. And 
it's not working and the more that it doesn't work the more they do it and the more it causes more problems and rather than kind of I mean I always look at it like Einstein's Einstein says the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result and I think that in relationships I think that kind of our generation have got to this point of we're doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result and I think that we almost need to kind of have a big shake up throw everything up in the air and say right let's try something completely different now rather than doing it the way we've always been doing it you know what I mean yeah I think that's right happy wife happy life did you say I love that okay well that's a nice thing to do that's a nice thing that someone's aiming to do but obviously if that's at risk of sacrificing your own of happiness in a way that that's obviously going to be detrimental as it is for women who go in to say I'm going to do everything I can to make him happy then he'll love me then he'll stay that concept is obviously very one-sided so what's your advice with that then if you have set about to do that and it's not working what are the shifts you think that can help to to either reignite that relationship or give you more clarity on what to do next I think the the main thing is is to Get clear on what you want, what your needs are, what your boundaries are, uh, what you want in terms of your own mental health, your physical health, all of these different things. Because then once you're clear on all of these things, then you can say, well, okay, this is what I need to keep me kind of being me, my personality and retain my personality and my identity and my physical health as well. Uh, and be clear on those things so that then you can decide, well, hang on a minute, so how does this then integrate into the relationship I want with my wife or partner? And what of these things are red lines for me? Is it that I'm going to get really upset about the fact that they don't stack the dishwasher in a certain way? Or, or is my red line going to be more along the lines of actually I want them to keep communicate with me in a respectful manner? And a simple way of looking at it is having like a like almost like a traffic light system so you have the reds that are the things that are your real strong things that you really are quite keen on having in place in terms of boundaries and needs your oranges are the things that are kind of i'm not really too fussed about this stuff and the um and the greens are the stuff that it's just really not worth it's just not really important because it's easy to get into the habit of thinking i want to change this person Okay, but the problem is, is the more that you're trying to change that person, the more you're trying to make them different to who they already are, that's not going to make them feel comfortable in the relationship. It's, in fact, you're going to push them away the more you do all those things that try to shape and mould them into the person that you want them to be rather than who they are, you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that traffic light system because I do think it's important to, well, I agree, work out what you want first of all and what's important to you. But then also, you know, be realistic and not fighting over the dishwasher maybe may not be something that's worth the battle. Whereas, you know, something that compromises maybe your morals or beliefs, that's something worth fighting for. So actually working out what is key. And I guess ways to do that is really work out where do you feel most hurt rather than irritated. I guess where mm-hmm. do you feel that your voice isn't being heard, um, that actually compromises your confidence maybe or who you are rather than just irritates you like you know dropping clothes on the floor or the dishwasher challenge you know I think it's really important yeah to work those things out so I also think that for men sometimes and I'm definitely the people that reach out to me 
find it really hard when they have to move out of the family home. You know, quite often it's the mum and the kids that stay in the family home, not all the time these days, but a lot of the time, probably more so for the mums get to stay and the dads move out. Um, sometimes due to work commitments, they can't have their kids on an equal basis, although many do these days. So obviously you move out of the family home and you're not seeing your, your kids as much or you just don't have that family unit around you. You can lose a sense of yourself, can't you? And I know you were saying then about trying to rediscover who you are and what's important to you. How do you even start that when it feels like your whole world is falling apart? I think the first thing to remember is is that when you're going through a traumatic situation, be it whether it's a separation or whether it's a bereavement or any other big thing that's happening, even if you lose, you know, you lose your job or something, what happens when your brain is going through that situation is that it's everything speeds up it speeds up and it seems 10 times worse than what you think it's than what it actually is so which means that your brain is racing you think the whole world is going to end you think your life is going to end what happens is you don't think clearly what the, the trick is with this is to slow things down you want to start to slow things down you don't have to solve all your problems overnight you don't have to come up with a solution to it all overnight but what you can do is focus on the things that are kind of that are actually in your control because these are the things that are going to enable you to kind of take those stepping stones forward and what's really interesting about when it comes to separation is that many men feel that separation is the end of the road it's, it's game over it's finished it's done but in my experience a lot of the guys that i have worked with they find that often separation is a necessary reset on there that there's relationship is needed for a, for a long while and there's two, there's a couple of reasons for that the first reason is is that when you're in a relationship you become invested in it which is what we've just been discussing so you everything is about the relationship about making a relationship work and when it's not working you're doing more and more stuff to try and make it work so you're forcing it all the time um, and what's counterintuitive to a lot of guys is that when you separate, all of a sudden there's a bit of distance and you're able to back off for a little bit. You're not putting so much pressure on yourself to make it work. Your wife's not putting so much pressure on herself to make it work. It enables you the space to begin to think about what it is you want in terms of those needs and boundaries and your future and how you want your relationship to look. But also it gives your wife a chance to think about things as well and if she has placed all of the reliance on the marriage resolving itself in you once you're out of the picture then it forces her to then the part she's played in it as well and come up with solutions as to how that could be done differently or whether there's going to be reconciliation or whatever but separation is not always the end of the world that people think it is it's it, it provides a necessary breathing space and also this reset that i'm talking about in terms of working out what you want and working out what your wife wants because whilst you're both two um there's a guy that i've interviewed on my podcast called andrew marshall and he talks about this concept of the more you're trying to force the issue and try to make something work paradoxically the more it pushes you apart and in actual fact a lot of I think reconciliation, particularly after separation, is around actually backing off a little bit, um, having a bit of breathing space, working out what you want, not forcing the issue so much. 
Yeah, I think you're right. You, you can't control other people, their behaviour, what they say. You can only control yourself and, you know, you can control your reactions. A lot of my episodes on this podcast are about how to cope when things are happening and it feels like you should be angry and sad and, yes, that's a natural human reaction, but you can also take control and dial those negative emotions down. So I agree. It is a chance to reset your life. I like that because getting off that treadmill, having some time out, does give you both both sides time to think and plan what could happen, but also to miss each other if that's going to happen as well. And sometimes getting out of that warring scenario when you're under the same roof, which we're seeing a lot more of now in lockdown, unfortunately, just having a bit of breathing space can actually calm things down. You're right. I think that does make a big difference. So how do people start resetting their life then? I mean, obviously, you do lose a sense of your identity when you go through a breakup. So it's almost trying to figure out who you are now you're single. So how do the men that you work with, Joe, how do they start to get back on track with that? They've, they've calmed things down, they've stepped away. Now what? What does the future look like? Typically, a lot of men are actually very lonely deep down. When you say that, people sort of think, well, what do you mean they're lonely? They've got, they've got their family around them and they've got, and they've got their friends and they've got this and they've got that. But I think a lot of guys don't really kind of, they've not really got anyone that they sort of speak to and that they're that close with a lot of the time. And the kind of, again, the way in which we deal with stuff nowadays is kind of, we kind of sedate our emotions and we've seen this in lockdown. So smoking, drinking, you know, you can name all of the different things that people use to kind of cope with stuff. I think that when you're going through a difficulty, you're forced to face things down. Um, and people listening to this may have heard of Jocko Willing's book, Extreme Ownership. And it very much comes down to ownership. The modern world has kind of primed us to be not accountable and not face responsibilities and blame someone else for what's happened. And, and we've all bought into this very collectively in terms of actually, well, it's, it's there for us. But I think when you go through a separation or when you are having to look at yourself very closely in the mirror, you probably for the first time are having to actually accept that it's not all the other person's fault. There's actually quite a number of things that you've done wrong that you should have been doing that you should have been doing right. And many of the guys I see, you know, there's not only a relationships breaking down, but they're not looking after their physical health. They've not got a uh, infrastructure of friends and people they can speak to. They're staying up late at night playing on Xbox or doing whatever they're doing. And so they're not really looking after themselves. And, they re- and their marriage falling apart is a symptom of something a lot wider. And that is that they've lost, they've just basically lost themselves. They've, they've lost who they are, what they are, what they stand for. They're on like a runaway juggernaut of life, if you like, which is so life is kind of running them rather than them running it. When you start to take responsibility for for these different areas, then you go back into the driving seat of your life and you're clear on what you want and what you don't want. But I, I mean, I call it the man in the mirror concept, which is basically, you know, we all look in the mirror every morning, we see that person staring back at ourselves and they represent the person that we could be and that we want to be and we know we should be. But a lot of us run away from that person and, and and anesthetize the feelings of running away from that person with various different things. 
but actually, in fact, when you turn around and face that person down, and the first time a lot of people do it is after a divorce or bereavement or tragic event, then you begin to actually say, well, hold on a minute, this is on me, all of this stuff's on me, my happiness is on me, you know, how I show up to the world is on me, how my, I want my relationship to be with my kids, regardless of whether I'm with their mother or not, that's on me. And it's a really abstract way of looking at it, but it's kind of like there's an Indiana Jones film where he steps out across the precipice. He has to trust his faith in God that the steps are going to form in front of him. That's almost the journey that men need to go on in order to just trust in themselves that they can do it. And the thing is that women pick up on this. You know, it's a deeply unpopular opinion to have on this, but women pick up on guys that are confident they know where they're going, they have a plan, they know themselves, their shortcomings, they don't try and be perfect, they know that they've got faults. Women pick up on that, and that is more attractive than any nice shirt, any ripped abs, any uh, fast car. A guy that knows who, what he's about, where he's going and what he's doing, that is a guy that women want to be married to. And the thing is, this is why... When guys do this reset and they begin to start looking at themselves and what they're about, more often than not, their wives will say, hold on a minute, that's the guy that I married 10 years ago, 15 years ago. He's awesome. I want to be with that guy. And if she doesn't want to be with him, then the chances are there'll be another lady that does want to be with. So all of this worry and anxiety and stress about the fact that your life is going to end Chances are it's not. Once you've got your affective back together again, it's probably going to continue, if not better than what it was before. Yeah, I love that. I think you're so right. I think that divorce and breaking up with someone that you cared about is traumatic. It is known as the second most traumatic life experience we go through after death of a loved one. And it's very easy to stuff down those emotions and not really face them and sort of drag them along with us and maybe distract ourselves by... Like you said, drinking more, partying more, just going out on loads of dates, not really processing things. But if you do face it and you do deal with it, then, yeah, I mean, I think learning to love yourself before you start dating is the best way forward because nobody else is going to fill those gaps in you. It's just not going to work. It's not going to be fulfilling. But either of you, if you're both leaning in on, on each other for help because you're both heartbroken or struggling with issues from the past, so, yeah, I think resetting your life. And I love that looking at the man in the mirror and, and trusting yourself that it's going to be okay. Because with hindsight, you know, I have to say that a lot of my clients who have been through divorces and now look back, so a year on, two years on, and say, yeah, it was tough at the time, but you know, I'm really almost glad now that that happened because look where I am now. I've learned the lessons. I think that's important, as you say, to learn those lessons but now I'm stronger and more confident and actually I've attracted somebody that is maybe even better suited to me now in this phase of my life than my last partner was. So, yeah, I think there's something very healthy about going on that reset journey and, again, having the faith because you, you will get there. Looking after yourself is important. So what do you recommend, Joe? Exercise is obviously important. What other things can people do to, to help themselves? As you said, men don't often have a big support system around them. And it can be scary to ask for help, no? Yeah, it is. It is. And I think the thing is, is if you use an analogy, men asking for help is kind of like a little bit like, you know, when you're going on to like a cheesy family disco and all the guys are standing up at the bar and they're like, I'm not going to dance. 
I know it does. <laughs> yeah, know it does. Quite well. And then what happens is after about five or six pints, they're in the middle of the dance floor doing air guitar to die straight with their tie tied around their neck, uh, around their uh, head, like karate <laughs> kid style. And I think getting guys to talk is very much like that. It's they'll stand at these sort of sidelines for a little while before they get out of confidence at all. But in terms of the stuff that you need to be focusing on, really, is some people say physical health comes first, some people say mental health. I think they're kind of they're two sides of the same coin, if I'm honest, because I think that when you look after yourself physically, you feel better mentally, and I think the two things kind of bounce off each other. So first and foremost is to do some kind of exercise, even if it's walking half an hour a day, get outside, because not only do you get the health benefits of it, but also you get the, the mental health benefits of it as well because if you're walking you're out in the fresh air um you've got time to think and process and stuff and so from that point of view physical health is important biggest thing that guys neglect is self-care in from what i can see and when i talk about self-care it's your relationship with yourself and people think well what does do you mean by that it's like a bit crazy and this applies to men and women so your relationship with yourself is in simple terms, the relationship you have with your own thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And I think that what often happens is that we're taught to push emotion and feelings and stuff away because uh, the class is negative or positive. And so we push away the negative ones and try and prolong the positive ones. But some way of being able to process this, journaling is a really good way for guys because they can get their thoughts down on a sheet of paper or paper or, or a posh journal, whatever you want to do, but it gets stuff out of your head and onto a piece of paper. So journaling is a good one. Meditation is another good one because it changes your relationship with thought and enables you to not get so caught up in thoughts and emotions and kind of rumination. Uh, hobbies are another good one as well. Stuff that, you know, if there's, if you like going out on your bike or if you like doing woodwork or if you like doing um, certain crafts or things like that, anything that kind of is going to get you out of your head it could be reading. If you're religious, it could be reading scripture. Anything that's going to get you out of your head is, is going to be a good thing and enable you to process sort of emotion. So physical health, mental health, your relationship with you, with yourself, self-care. Self-care is massive, absolutely massive. And getting into good self-care habits is going to pay dividends for the rest of your life, in, in, in my opinion. The third thing is, is when it comes to kind of families and divorce and separation is think about yourself in terms of a role model. Okay, stressful at the minute. You're, you may be estranged from your wife or partner and you're not seeing your kids as much as you would like to. At some point in their future, they're going to be growing up and they're going to be remembering the times when mum and dad split up. Now, do they want to remember you standing at the end of the garden gate shouting at mum or and, and, and being grumpy and being negative and stuff or do they want to remember the positive guy that used to show up bang on the dot every every week to take them out or whatever it was going to do with them and I think that this is the kind of third aspect of breakup is that what role model do you want to be to your, to your kids uh, in terms of going through difficult situations and this has become quite topical for me in this last little while with pandemic because I think that a lot of parents are kind of losing their SH1T for want of a better word 
and going a little bit mad about the pandemic, which I understand because it's stressful and stuff, but your kids are a reference point for you. So if they see you flipping out whenever anything gets difficult, then as they become adults, their reference point is going to be right. So what do I do when things get difficult? Oh, I flip out like mum and dad used to do. So it's really important to, okay, show your emotions, but not get too carried away and then you're just kind of completely losing it. Because that's yeah. not either. I mean, that that's really good advice. I, I, I totally agree. I see that at the moment too, a rise in tensions rising, people losing their tempers with each other, everyone's less patient. But I think also when you're going through a divorce, you are a role model for your kids. Also, they're looking at, you know, how do men, how do men or husbands treat treat wives? That's what they're learning. You know, and the boys are learning, well, this is what you're supposed to do. And the girls are learning, this is how it's supposed to be. Uh, and vice versa so it's a really interesting time because the, your gut instinct might be to shout and scream and say how unfair things are or how mean someone's being but actually if you can step back take a deep breath and, and just do the right thing for you you know what do you think the right thing is the other person might not be doing that but if you can stick to doing the right thing and you know if there are areas that are crossing boundaries then you can get help for that whether it's legal help or you know ask for help from a coach or a, a therapist but you know trying to for the kids sake I agree make it as amicable you know uh, conscious uncoupling is what Gwyneth Paltrow called, called it wasn't it trying to do the right thing for the kids and, and being as amicable as possible is always a great way forward so Joe, my podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness because I think it's all about the journey it's you know starting somewhere which is traumatic and then moving through, digging deep and, and working towards happiness, whatever that is for you. So what is happiness for you, Joe? How would you define it? I think happiness for me is actually going on a journey in life and a journey which is creating experiences and memories with the people that are close to you, whether it's your friends or family members, whoever that may be. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. So I know a lot of my listeners will want to find out more about you and how they can find more information out. So where do they go, Joe? Okay. So Guild of Dads, the best way to find out about Guild of Dads is go to guildofdads.com. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Guild of Dads. Uh, we also have a Facebook group as well, which is a free Facebook group, so free to join. We've got a few hundred members on there now, and we talk about various different things to do with fatherhood but also self-development as well so I'm very much father with a uh, emphasis on self-development for guys that are looking for something a bit more I also have my own exclusive brotherhood which is called the dad circle which is at dadcircle.com and what that is is it's a community of guys who are looking to become the man and dad they've always wanted to be which practically speaking is accountability a group of guys that are on exactly the same journey. Um, and we have we have Zoom calls, monthly topics, assignments. Uh, so it's a little bit more of a level up in terms of for guys that are really looking to kind of grow and develop and become the men and dads they want it to be. So that's the dadcircle.com. Oh, that's amazing. I know you've got a free ebook on there as well, which is packed full of good information. And yeah, I'm so glad you came on, Joe, because I think there's a big need for support for dads out there. There's there's a lot for mums, there's a lot for women, um, and there isn't as much for dads. So you're doing amazing work. You're bringing some incredible people together, and I know it's making a big difference 
for men going through those tough times. So thank you so much for being a guest today. Pleasure, my pleasure. And thank you very much for having me on. Uh, and I wish you all the very best on your new podcast. And you've had some smashing listeners as well. So, yeah, I'm going to check it out. And I definitely advise your listeners to check out some of Sarah's work because it is pretty amazing. Oh, thanks, Joe. That's it for today's episode. Be sure to head over to Guild of Dads on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter to find out more about Joe and his work. And I look forward to you joining me on our next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review in iTunes will win the chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day, including exclusive one-on-one coaching with Sarah Davison herself. Be sure to head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Sarah's gift. Then join us on the next episode.